Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, however, whenever, wherever you're listening to the podcast, welcome to the Baby Bowl Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am one of your hosts, Wes Easley, at Loafinit over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with that little underscore, and make sure you're following the daddy of the Baby Bowl himself. Rob Norton at Norton0723 over there on Twitter. I bet you old Robert Norton is going to be coming out with tons of football stuff any day now. I just think any day now. I feel it on the tip of my fingers, Rob, or on the tip of my eyelids as I'm getting prepared to read some of your rankings and some of your football articles. Yeah, definitely. It's starting to gear up uh, into football season a little bit more. Once we start hitting hitting June, start getting ramped up a little bit more, and uh, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully we'll see, we'll see, but it should be coming soon. Ramped up. Well, I'm going to get those juices flowing tonight because I'm going to start asking you to rank quarterbacks here for the Fantasy Impact Today Network. We're going to be doing that, I think, last in the show. We're going to do that last in the show. We're going to start off with some NFL player news, and then we're going to head over to the baseball field. And we're going to be looking at some Yahoo rankings, some under-owned players, some different things like that over on the Yahoo website. And then we're going to create some quarterback rankings, or at least attempt to, because we learned something new here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I learned how to share a screen. That's right, Rob. Now you are looking at my screen as I am looking at things. And do not worry about some of the things you see. I will blame it on my teenager. <laughs> hey, that works. That works. Works for me. <laughs> and, and by the way, I got to pause. I, before the show, I was coughing. You were sniffling. So this, I don't know how this is going to work. You're going to keep me busy in the editing room. But I'll just be honest with you. If if I have to edit something out, very rarely do I edit it. I just let it fly. I let it fly, man. I grip it and rip it just like I do in slow pitch softball. That works too, because you know you got to keep them on their toes. And uh, I think I think the listeners appreciate the live the live feel of it. Oh, good. I, I hope they do. And by the way, the live feel of things that reminded me, I wanted to ask you if you got your uh, Scott Fishbowl uh, invite yet. I have not. I have not. I've been checking. Daily, I've been checking the spam folder more than more than usual, just in case. I've been even uh, going to the the uh, pages or the links that he's set up to see if maybe I'm just missing it from either one with my fingers <laughs> crossed. And so far, so far nothing. But um, still, still uh, some time left. So I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping I'll I'll get one. If not, I mean, not the end of the world. But I definitely love love to be a part of it and love to uh, compete in it. Yeah, that's that's a fun one. Raz Ball, Raz Bowl as well with Donkey Teeth and, and those and that group over there at Raz uh was it Raz Ball? <laughs> I can point Raz Ball, Raz Ball, Raz Ball, Raz Ball. I know I do. I I uh I play in um all of their competitions year round really? in every in every sport. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm in the Raz Jam for basketball, Raz Slam for baseball, and Raz Bowl for football. And I've I've been in uh all those pretty much for a couple of years now and I've been doing pretty well, actually, in 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 most of them. So, um, I think I had one down year in one, in one of them, but I've been near the top. I think I took down or or got first or second in one of the side challenges in one of the leagues. Um, I know I was competing with um, probably see him on Twitter, Frank Amarante, and then yeah. uh, I think it's Kev Masarajan. I, I I probably butchered his last name. Um, but Roto Surgeon, I think, is is, is uh, mm -hmm. handle. Uh, those guys are uh, some competitive, good players, and uh, they play in all those too. So they're usually uh, competing with me, and we've we've all been near the top for most of them. 
Well, I don't know if you're bragging or complaining, Rob, but it sure sounds like you're having a good time either way. But I enjoy yep. doing that too. And one of the things that I hate is that, and and you, you listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna give give it to you this year. I'm gonna let yep, you man. help me this year because you know how much I struggle trying to just pay for something online. You you, you saw me before the show trying to share my screen <laughs> and, <laughs> and the activity, but you you know how much I struggle with that. I'm like Rob, I'll just write you a check and send it in the mail. Is that okay? Because because I don't know what else to do with these things. I'll I'll send you cash. I'll put it in a little card and I'll send it in the mail to you like it's your birthday or something. And <laughs> and so I don't know how to like donate to some of these charities and these tournaments that I get into. And I'll, I'll tell you the ones that I have succeeded in. Those people will tell you, boy, I, I sure am glad he, he figured that out because it took a hard, long time to do it. So I may ask you to just do it for me since I know how to pay you on PayPal or something. I don't know. I don't know. what We'll have to figure it out. So I'm looking at my junk. I looked in all my, my other folders. I got over to my junk mail. And I don't ever look at my, my email. We talked about that last week. Tommy Chong. What is, what is Tommy Chong emailing me for, Rob, about CBD? I don't even know what CBD is. But Tommy Chong is... I know who Tommy Chong is, and I don't think I should be getting emails from Tommy Chong just to let you. I mean, I, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> leaky gut revive. I don't. I, why would I need to leak, leaky gut revive? What am I looking at on my phone? I don't. Why would I need leaky gut? And who is a silver single? I am no longer in that. Am I in that age group? Rob? <laughs> Are you getting silver single emails too? I don't know. It's always a. It's always an adventure going through that uh, spam spam mail you never you never know what kind of stuff you're gonna run into i am going to get liposucked before my gutty my gutty uh my gutty stomach by somebody who broke into my house because i i don't i guess i don't have adt or any of these people because they are just spamming me up holy cow no wonder i don't check my email rob <laughs> I, I may have to look at what that silver single thing is all i'm the married man i'm just kidding hey let's head over to this uh player news for us here on the NFL uh, player news. Roger Goodell said this is going to be a four week minimum stay for people on the injured reserve lift list up one week from last year where it was just three weeks. So I think that uh, this is going to be impactful because there may be people that teams don't want to put on the injured list in fantasy football uh, for, for us in fantasy football. People may not teams may not want to put players on the injured list which will mean that we have to have that dead spot on our, our list for another week or two. You yeah, know? definitely. Um, that's, that's something that'll definitely impact the way you manage a roster um, in fantasy. Because like you said, if they're not put on the injured list, then they're, you know, say a guy's going to be out a week or two and they're not going to put them on the injured list. You're going to have to carry that spot or, or, or cut them. Um, because you won't be able to free that spot with the uh, IL yep. or IR. But, but now, if they don't play, or like if they're if they're not on the roster or something like that, you know, like this, a team does on Sunday, you can always just well, I don't know if you can put them in the NA spot. I don't know. It all depends on your league settings. But mm -hmm. fantasy commissioners definitely need to be aware of this to maybe put that NA, make sure those NA spots are in there just in case players need or uh, coaches need to put slide somebody into the NA spot. Oh, uh, Jameis Winston is practicing in OTAs this week. I haven't heard any more news about Drew Brees. I haven't heard anything at all about that. Right, Rob? Yeah, nothing so far. Seems like it's going to be, you know, uh, Jameis uh, full steam ahead for, for the Saints. So I'll be interested to see. <laughs> 
It's, it's going to be interesting. C.D. Yeah. Lamb said he grew half an inch and added 10 pounds of muscle during the offseason. Does, does he have a small person riding on his back? Is that what he's doing? Is that how you're doing this in C.D. Lamb? How do you grow half an inch at your age, C.D. Lamb? I'm just curious because I would like to grow half an Are you doing stretching exercises? Are you hanging? Are you going into a vertical position on some kind of table that, that a, a chiropractor is turning you upside down? How are you growing half an inch at your age? Uh, I need to I need to figure that out as well. I'd like to grow half an inch at least for the next seven years if possible. But but yeah, he 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 needs to let us know the secrets. But no, I'm I'm big on CD Lamb uh, this year. I I loved him coming out of uh, college, and I think he's been you know a little bit. I mean, it's 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 crazy to say that he's like disappointed a little bit because people were expecting so much heading into last season, but he has kind of disappointed a little bit. Now with Amari Cooper gone, I think he has a chance to really establish himself. And I mean, I always take it for with a grain of salt the you know the the added muscle, the best shape of your best shape of my life uh, off season reports. You know, you hear those all the time. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I I'm I'm really confident Lamb can can be a fantasy superstar. I've never heard growing half an inch. Maybe he's got a new yeah. hairstyle because he had the dreads kind of falling down. Maybe he's wearing it up now. And that's how you go happen. Colin Kaepernick (laughs) worked out for the Raiders on Wednesday. That's my official analysis. That's my, that's my analysis on that, Rob. Yeah. Kaepernick. I used to really love Kaepernick in terms of fantasy purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, He was, you know, one of those guys that could really take off running a lot. And uh, we love, we love that as a fantasy quarterback. So, at this point, I think he's been out of league too long. I, I mean, I don't see any kind of fantasy real analysis in terms of no. what would happen. I mean, if he if he was able to latch on as a backup, no. the only way he's coming in is injury. And even at that point, how much does he have left in terms of running um, as a passer? It's it's really questionable. James Washington. This is one report I do not like. Has a walking boot on his left foot and not participating in the Cowboys OTAs this week. Uh, that's that's one of those ones that we talked about last week where when we start looking at little injuries like this, and, and, and granted, it's a walking boot. But I think like Curtis Samuel, who we'll get to a little bit later, he started off in a walking boot last year with Washington. I don't like walking boots. I, I, I don't like when people, players are in walking boots this early and stuff. Maybe it's precautionary, but at the same time, it puts me gives me a little hesitancy on – and not, not that I was going to draft James Washington anyway, but it, it, there's a wide open room there after Gallup and after C.D. Lamb as far as I'm concerned in Dallas. Yeah, definitely. And not, not only that, but Gallup I think is hurt too. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have, they have uh, definitely some opportunity. So I, I agree. I'm not – um, I'm the type of person where, you know, before the year, I won't, I won't discount a player that's currently hurt. I mean, I, uh, that's currently healthy that people think is injury prone as much as others will. But if someone is currently hurt, I will discount them far more than most people will, because my philosophy is that if they're already hurt, like you said, with like Curtis Samuel, you know, they, they said, oh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Every, everything is always, they'll be fine. But after you play so many years of fantasy sports and, and, and it happens and you see it in all sports, a guy who's currently hurt generally takes longer to return than you're hoping for. And on top of that, when they do, when they do come back, they may not be 100% when they do come back. They may have much higher 
uh, risk of re-injury. So it's just yeah. all these things. People people ha- try to take uh, the optimistic outlook when it, I just find it funny. I tweeted about it the other day that people people seem to be so pessimistic on quote unquote injury prone players mm-hmm. who are currently completely 100 percent healthy. But they're so optim. As soon as the players get hurt, they're so <laughs> optimistic. Oh, they're they're only out four weeks. No, no worries. The timeline's four to eight weeks. They'll they'll be back in four to probably six weeks. They're 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 saying that it's optimistic, and it just I just find it so funny because it's so it's so backwards to me because hmm. the guys who are currently hurt generally are going to be out longer. Generally going to have a setback. They're going to be not even 100% full go when they come back or they're going to re-injury. Like there's so much that can go wrong. Only one thing that can go right. And it's just, I, I find it funny to me. No, I, I, that goes with you taking unders and the, the prop yep. bets, you know, you're, there's a great point. It's a very good point. Uh, Naheem Hines, listen to this. This is what Frank Reich said. If I was a fantasy owner, I'd consider drafting Naheem Hines. Frank Reich. <laughs> Quit teasing us with Naheem Hines. We've been teased with Naheem Hines for a long time. We all know you're not a fantasy owner. We know what you like to do with fantasy owners. And you know, we know how you like to ride us around the card or on the football field, show off your little toys and every now and then. We know how you like to throw it to three different tight ends and not one of them is fantasy relevant for us. I'm not buying what you're selling, uh, Frank Reich, at all about Naheem Hines. You could just take that and draft Naheem Hines yourself, Frank Reich. I'm right there with you. Okay. I'm right there with you. Cause yeah, he's, and that's the thing is, I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get more pass work this year. And so if he's getting more pass work, I mean, uh, in my opinion, it comes away from Naheem Hines. I'm sure there'll be games here and there where Hines maybe it may have, they may feel like he has a, a great individual one-on-one matchup or something they want to exploit more, more than another game. But predicting those is we've, we've been trying to do that for years and it hasn't worked out. Curtis Samuel said in his offseason workouts that he feels good and I feel fast is what Curtis Samuel said. Let me tell you something, Curtis Samuel. I feel good and I feel fast. That doesn't mean I'm going to be fantasy relevant at all. It doesn't mean I'm going to be football relevant at all, especially in a uh, what's what's the coach's name? I'm Who, blanking. My, oh, Rivera. Rivera. Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. Yeah, yeah. Got Chico. That's what they, I, I think that's offensive to people nowadays, but that's what we used to call him back when he was a Chicago Bear. That's what everybody used to call him when he was a Chicago Bear was Chico. Anyway, Rod Rivera. Uh, Rod Rivera said that he's going to even have a shared backfield now, and Curtis Samuel, your one season as an outlier season in Carolina where you played the Cordero Patterson role, the Debo Samuel role, that – it's not going to be able to happen in Washington. I just can't see it happening there with all the talent that they already have in the backfield. I can't see you vulturing touchdowns. I can't see you vulturing snaps in the backfield quite as much as you did that year in Carolina. So I don't know that Curtis Samuel is fantasy relevant at all because, Rob, I don't know that he was ever fantasy relevant outside of that one year with Carolina. Yeah, he's been he's been kind of a tease for a while because, like you said, it was that one year. He's 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 a guy that is a, really is a dynamic playmaker when he gets the ball in his hands, he has been that way. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a guy where I think maybe that the, the injuries at this point, like, like I, I know I just mentioned that if a guy's currently healthy, I'm not going to discount him. It depends though on if, if the injuries have sapped any of the explosiveness or not. So, you know, this was already a fringe fantasy player as is. Now they, I'm pretty sure they drafted Jahan Dotson. Um, they still have McLaurin. 
They have Logan Thomas. They have um, Antonio Gibson. They re-signed J.D. McKissick, and they also drafted Brian Robinson. So I don't. I agree with you. I don't know where the touches are going to be coming from. Yeah, I just I can't see it happening at all. Deshaun Watson, your new quarterback in Cleveland. I I, I refrained from calling him your guy because I don't know I don't know how you feel about all that stuff. I know you want to separate football from reality, I guess, a little bit there. So and just as an analyst, you probably just want to look at his play, ignore the off field stuff and stuff like that. And and I'll say if you ever have a daughter, you'll go okay. I'm not sure how I really feel about Deshaun Watson or anything. It's gonna be hard. Uh, but Roger Goodell said it's nearing the end of the investigation period. I I didn't know they were still investigating. Really, Rob? I know that's probably how, what's the news like in Cleveland on all this? Are is everybody on pins and needles? How do they feel about Deshaun Watson uh, on the streets there in the Cleveland area? Yeah, at least from people I know, it's very mixed. Um, you know. You obviously have the people who are diehard, diehard Browns fans and want to win at no, at uh, no matter what. And I get it. I, I mean, I understand anyone's sentiment, and I'm not gonna, you know, I can't, I can't really judge anyone for any of their feelings one way or another for it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very mixed around here, at least. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are hoping that things. They they are hoping that the things just like finalize one way or another, you know, sooner than later, so we can just kind of figure out what's going on. Um, especially because we have Baker Mayfield situation lingering, and you know, it never never fails that the Browns are always in some kind of ridiculous situation. Uh, <laughs> no matter no matter what what happens, it's, it's, it's yeah. so up and down. And who's he gonna throw the ball to? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, sorry, Rob. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's frustrating. I'm sorry. It's, it's just Chubb. Just give it to Chubb. Uh, speaking yeah. of, uh, the 49ers coach, Kyle Shanahan, expects expects Debo Samuel at mandatory OTAs and that the relationship between Debo Samuel and the team could get back to normal, said Kyle Shanahan. I don't, I don't know about this. Uh, an extension, it's also reported that an extension is going to be tough with a hard cap that the 49ers are up against, and it'll be a lot easier after a Jimmy Garoppolo trade, whom Kyle Shanahan also said that he expected at some time he will be traded, but it's not a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> expected, sometime traded, not guaranteed. I, I, who knows what's going on? I don't know if he's trying to play the father figure here and all these things and trying to dictate what's going to happen. But to me, with Debo Samuel, after he spoke out after the Super Bowl, I, I don't know that anything's mandatory in Debo's mind at this point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's an interesting situation there, too, because for a long time, it seemed like with Jimmy G and Trey Lance, they kept saying it's going to be a battle. Who knows who's going to start this, this and that. I mean, I think most people are in the, under the assumption that Trey Lance is taking over at this point mm-hmm. and that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded. It's interesting that uh, Shanahan actually came out and finally said it, that he expects that he'll be traded. Um, usually the coach isn't going to really say that kind of thing. So I do think at this point, Garoppolo is more likely than not to be traded. Um, I think we all thought that all along, but as the days went on, it was kind of getting less and less likely. Um, with the Debo situation... Like you said, I don't think anything in Debo's mind is mandatory. I think he wants to get paid and he's does not want to play, you know, and put his body on the line like he has for for the team if they're not going to pay him. And so 
yeah, I think Shanahan's trying to say the right things to to make it work, but um, I, I don't think talking about it's going to change the fact that he wants to get paid. <laughs> no, no, and Debo's already calling Jacksonville, telling him he'll play for half of what they signed the other wide receivers for. Traylon Burks uh, <laughs> over at the Tennessee Titans. Jim Wyatt of the TennesseeTitans.com says that he doesn't think the Titans are content at wide receiver, and he could see another addition before the season at receiver. Boy, I guess Julio Jones is on speed dial there a little bit. Maybe an Odell Beckham, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. I don't know. I, I, Will Fuller is he still out there as a as a wide as a uh, free agent as well? I think so. I think so. I was gonna I was gonna say uh, it's it's almost as if they they have a need for a veteran uh, wide receiver <laughs> as if they didn't uh, uh, already, already have, have one. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if Julio Jones comes back or not. I mean, I I wasn't expecting that to happen, but yeah, I mean. Um, He's already got familiarity with the team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising, especially since it seems like uh, he hasn't garnered a whole lot of interest elsewhere so far. No, and, and Julio is one of those guys at this point of his career, he doesn't need OTAs. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to practice very much, and you don't really want him to. You want to wrap him in exactly. bubble wrap, and that's what he does basically all throughout the year anyway, is he doesn't really practice all that much. He just shows up on Sundays and plays. Now, the uh, unfortunate thing is it's about – half the Sundays. And I think it's kind of gotten regulated to about half the half the Sundays at -hmm. this point in his career. I'm not sure, though, because with Julio Jones, something I've I've observed with him, and of course, from the University of Alabama, I've had my eye on Julio and playing in Atlanta, not too far away from here. I, I don't Julio, in his mind, probably still thinks he's a number one wide receiver. And this is a great opportunity for him to be a number one wide receiver. And we already know that the wide receiver market is just really inflated right now as far as salary cap wise goes. And I, I would I, Julio Julio's going to expect some money. All right. That's that's one thing I, I think he wants to get paid like one of those elite receivers. And I don't believe the Titans really have that in their DNA anymore, obviously, by trading A.J. Brown uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles. It kind of showed that a little bit that they're they're trusting more in a Bill Belichicky kind of a system, and then I say that and Bill Belichick went out and spent all that money last year, so I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, it does seem like though I, I I agree like the trade of AJ Brown shows they didn't really want to spend big, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see because like you said, Julio, I mean honestly, I think Julio has been one of the best receivers really of all time when you look at his numbers oh, yeah. um on the field so but like but at this point of his career he's obviously you know not what he what he once was um he can be good in spurts and as long as you keep him healthy and things like that but yeah it's going to be interesting to see what kind of contract he gets if especially if he does come back to tennessee yeah, no, definitely. And he's also been a really good defensive back at times, too, making all those plays yeah. from the interceptions Matt Ryan threw. And, and stopping them. <laughs> hey, hey, Pierre, at Peewee31 over on Twitter, one of our co-hosts here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, who is going to go out there and make those kind of Julio Jones tackles in the wide receiving room with uh, for, for the Indianapolis Colts? Who's going to do that for you, Pierre? If you don't have Julio Jones, I'm not sure you have anybody that can make those kind of tackles on DBs from a wide receiver standpoint. I got to give him a hard time every once in a while. Cause you got, you, know, you got to, because his wife, Pierre's wife is a green Bay Packer fan. Okay. That's what I thought. I was going to say, I thought, I thought I remember she was a big, big Packer fan. Yeah. 
And, and Pierre, every once in a while, just gives me a little nudge, you know? Oh, who is it that Aaron Rodgers owns? You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. He says, yeah, whatever, Pierre. Hey, uh, let's, <laughs> hey, Rob, let's jump over to that Yahoo list, okay? And see who is okay. a little bit under-owned from a roster ship perspective. I'm going to try to jump over to pitchers. We don't spend enough time on pitchers, and you and I both love pitchers. I know when we've talked a little bit of pitcher in the past. I've been like, oh, Rob likes pitchers, too. I like pitchers, too. I've been trying to do a little outsmarting of the room, though, whenever I got in, into my DFS stuff. And I'm like, pick, picking pitchers. <laughs> Nobody else could pick this guy. And, and I'm right. They shouldn't have ever picked that guy, and I shouldn't <laughs> have either. And, and so I'm in a little bit of a slump there. But let's look at these guys currently, number one. And we'll kind of scroll through here, and we'll talk about people who may be under-owned or over-owned as we scroll through this list. Aaron Judge, number one fantasy player. Of course, this is a, in my home league year, which is a 5 by 5 categories league, 10, 12 teams. I don't even know how many teams. I, I have no idea. Uh, so <laughs> Aaron Judge is number one, though, on this list, which is which is really good. I didn't expect to see Aaron Judge number one on the list. Manny Machado and Mookie Betts, who I think is on a 400-run scored pace. This year, I think he, I think he's number three on this list. Jose Ramirez and Bryce Harper are the top five fantasy players in this five by five category league. Rob, yeah, um, you know it's pretty much a name of name of studs up there at the top. Uh, a lot of guys that pretty much you expected to deliver and have so far. I mean, Verlander's an interesting one, being that he's you know off of off of uh, Tommy John and obviously getting up there in age, but he's one of those guys that just keeps getting it done. I was pretty high on him before the year. Um, I have him in some places and, and uh, thought that he was getting undervalued. I didn't expect him to do do this. Um, I mean, he's right now he's sitting at a one two two ERA with a 0.72 whip, 49 strikeouts and 51 and a two thirds innings with six wins. So yeah, he's been, he's been incredible. No, he's been unbelievable. Unbelievable he has been. Hey, I had the number one pick in this league, Rob, and, and you know who I picked? I picked Jose Ramirez, number one. I picked Jose Ramirez yeah. out of those guys. Yeah, it, it really was, and I thought uh, with third base eligibility there and really third basements, I couldn't hardly find anybody. I thought the stolen bases would kind of separate me a little bit. It's like picking Travis Kelsey in the first round or something. If you just yeah. at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, or Mark Andrews somewhere in there, you just know you've got a little bit of an advantage over everybody else when it comes to the fantasy football scoring, and you hope to make it up a little bit later. So I picked Jose Ramirez, and I'm really happy with that because you know Aaron Judge, Manny Machado, Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, none of those guys were really in that top five. So you start trying to think outside of the box a little bit. And I took a chance, I thought, by grabbing Jose Ramirez instead of a Trey Turner. And it's turned out pretty well for me. Yeah, I like that. Um, before the year, I was, I was, you know, I thought a similar thing. Um, I had, until early early on in draft season, until Tatis went down, I had uh, Tatis as the uh, top top player on my board. Mm-hmm. Um and it was kind of along similar along the similar lines of the with the uh, steals and things like that, um, but yeah, after that, I thought you could make a case for uh, Jose Ramirez once he and especially once he went down, I I was like you know I had no problem with anyone who wanted to take Jose Ramirez one overall. I thought it was really close between him and Trey Turner, um, and then yeah, Jose has been incredible. He got off to that blazing hot start with especially in the RBI category. Um, and then he's he's cooled a little bit in the RBI category, mostly because it seems like the top of that lineup hasn't gotten on quite as often. <laughs> like when the early season, when Stephen Kwan was getting on base pretty much every time he came up to the bat. 
Um, so, but his his overall numbers, Jose Ramirez, you can't be can't be upset at all with him. No, I don't I don't think that you can be upset at all. Uh, whenever you look at that list, and I know that I have it here only on batters, and and when we talk about pitchers, though, I don't ever take pitchers very early, very fast. I guess in the if I was at the back end of that first round that I'd start thinking about taking a pitcher in a draft. Or do you think the same way, or like have you ever picked a pitcher top five or what, how's, how's, how, what's the earliest you would go pitcher? Um, I don't think I've ever taken them top five. Uh, it kind of depends, too. Um, once I get outside of a certain level of hitter, basically, like I think for me this year, before Tatis went down, it was like Tatis, uh, Jose Ramirez, Trey Turner, Juan Soto. Um, I was trying to think of – there was a few others. Vlad. Mm-hmm. I was actually lower on Bo Bichette, um, and so I didn't have him in that area. I had Bryce Harper right there. I actually had Mookie and Trout right about there. After those guys was when I would have turned to like a Garrett Cole or DeGrom before he went down. Um, but yeah, there, so there was probably about seven to nine hitters that I was really high on um, and that I would have taken for basically at least four category and a lot of times five category performance before turning to a pitcher. Sure. Uh, Bryce Harper was next. Mike Trout, Pete Alonzo, Gold, Paul Goldschmidt still sitting up there in the top of the list. CJ Crone, Sohei Atani, and Tommy Edmond, pitcher Shohei Atani, I believe. Uh, or no, batter. I'm sorry, batter Shohei Atani. Uh, and then Tommy Edmond. Hello, Tommy Edmond sitting over there. Those 10 steals really do you a lot of good right now, doesn't it, Tommy Edmond? Uh, we, we look at that. Rob, who is the most surprising person on that top 10 list? or 12 list, whatever I have highlighted, uh, that you see that really just stands out to you. Tommy Edmond is not the guy for me, obviously. I have him on my team right there. To me, it's a C.J. Crone. I just didn't expect to see him there. I think Colorado has played a lot of home games early this year, though. Yeah, it's funny. So I'm kind of – those two are definitely, I mean, obviously the most surprising in terms of how high up they are. Um, for me, it is Edmond actually more than uh, – then Crone, I actually I've loved Crone for a couple of years now. Sure. Um, probably about three years. Um, his his baseball savant page always is like elite. So then when he um, uh, you know, he was getting for a while. I think he I think he was with Tampa for a little bit, with Minnesota, the Angels, and he was just not getting consistent playing time for a while. It was kind of like our guy Rowdy, where the numbers always looked really good, but it just he just didn't put it together for a full year. And then when he went to Colorado, I believe it was last year, I was all in uh, on, on Crone. And then again this year. Um, and I think last year he had a really good season. If I remember correctly, yeah, 28 homers, 92 RBIs, 281 average, 70 runs. And he still was kind of getting discounted. It felt like this year. So, yeah. um, you know, it's a guy that's always had a lot of power. His max EVs are always really up there in the league. And he, uh, He's playing in a, a home park where it inflates Babbitt, which will help the batting average. As you can see, he's got a 311 average right now, and he had a 281 last year. So it's not a, I don't think it's a fluke in terms of the average. Um, I mean, it may drop a little bit, but 281 last year, you'll take that every time. So I'm, I'm, I was really high. I actually have Crone on almost every team I'm, I have. Um, so it's surprising in the sense that he's this high. Um, but it wasn't surprising to me because I thought he was a great value. Edmund was a guy I was a little bit worried about because I 
you know, you hear all the talk about the ball changing, the dead and ball, the humidors, the things like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how I didn't really know how good of a hitter he was or not. I was really skeptical on his power and on his on his um, plate plate approach. So I didn't know if he was going to get on enough. I didn't know if they were going to drop him down that order. Um, so I was a little bit worried about this. I wasn't worried about him stealing if he got on. I was just worried if he was going to get, get enough at bats, <laughs> yeah, and get on enough. So and he certainly does has done that so far. And those steals, you know, ten steals, two seventy eight average, four homers, twenty one RBIs, thirty three runs. That's great across the board of production. So he's been he's yeah. been awesome. He's he's this year's Trey Turner. Okay, so this is your strike wave. You know, okay, I exaggerate yeah. a little bit. Uh, but he's about <laughs> to be shortstop eligible as well, I believe. So that's going to be a plus as well. Whenever Todd Miami becomes shortstop eligible, because I only have one shortstop, I need another shortstop. Taylor Ward is on top of this list here as well. I think the more games he ends up playing, the the, the we'll see a lot of that stuff decline. Tim Anderson, I don't know how he does it. He is a he 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 does he shouldn't be that high, I, but he is every single year, and he bats three sixty five. That has, I, every year I sit there and I look and go I go he's gonna he's just gonna fall so hard here towards the end of the season towards the middle part of the season he's gonna fall so hard because his BABIP is not it shouldn't be what it is and, and then he never does I just don't know how Tim Anderson does it <laughs> I, I don't running around with he's, a chip on his shoulder he's crazy he's 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 a guy I I did it, I was really off for a while for the same kind of thing because his BABIP was always an outlier. Um, he was always like when you look at his plate discipline, he he's not a paid batter. He doesn't walk very much and he strikes out a fair, fair amount of time. So yep. you see that kind of plate discipline and you're like, how can this guy have this kind of batting average? And then he does it every year. Um, I think it was about two years ago. I basically stopped doubting him at this point because <laughs> um, he had been just kept doing it, kept doing it. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, he, he runs a good amount. He's always up there in batting average. He's, on uh, leading off for you know one one of the better lineups in the league and he gives you um a little bit of power too so he's he's always been a really really good fantasy guy Kyle Tucker is cracking this top 25 and we were talking about going out and getting Kyle Tucker all his stuff still sounds really really good and he's 99% rostered at this point or 97 I don't know which one that is uh percent rostered at this point but still only a 240 batting average that'd be a guy I'd run out and get nine steals everything's going to come up he always starts off slow and keeps on rising Rob I look at this Julio Rodriguez he's in the 80 percentile of being rostered on Yahoo Put me in one of those leagues where he's not rostered. Got to go out and get Julio Rodriguez. If he's only that rostered, maybe you can even trade for this guy. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, I think, is promising even the rest of this year, especially with the stolen bases. But it, the batting average just really has ticked up a lot over this last month. Definitely. Uh, that was you know, a guy heading into the year, elite, elite level prospect. Um, the funny part about it is heading into the year, they didn't talk about how much he was going to run. They said he was fast, but the, you know, they, they were like, no one mentioned that he was going <laughs> to borderline lead the league in, in steals. I think he does lead the league in steals right now, yeah, but, I so. um, I know he de- was for a while and, you know, he has a legit shot. I don't know if I'd pick him to lead the league in steals, but I mean, at this pace, you're looking at 20 to 25 minimum depending on if you know if he can stay healthy and that's not even what his calling card is so you know if he keeps this up especially like you said he's been hot over the last month i think he's hitting over 300 and um all his home runs have come in the last month he's a guy that's going to be hard of that order he's he's already batting fourth now consistently there he's gonna be hard of that order for years to come i mean he's gonna be a guy that's gonna be going second round 
maybe you know even even i think in some of the high high stakes leagues that he could be um late first getting 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 talk about the late first because of just because of the upside so we're um yeah he's he's been incredible it's funny too because he's a he's a guy i have so i had him in one of my leagues and it's it's a pretty shallow league i think it's an eight or ten team league um but he was sitting my bench because my my outfield is is so good in that league so i packaged him up it was him and him and another player um i don't remember the other the other hitter but it was him and another hitter to get freddie freeman so i mean not that i'm upset about that freeman's been been awesome but yeah, I've been uh, missing out on the production there. Giancarlo Stanton headed off to the injured list. He's on this top 25 list as we turn the page a little bit and go to the top 50. I guess these guys are all in the top 50. Finally, we get to see some roster ship discrepancies here from in my head. Jeremy Pena, the Houston shortstop. I guess shortstop is so deep. Not everybody needs to roster Jeremy Pena, but only 80% rostered. And I, I, surely that 80%, everybody in a dynasty league has got a hold of Jeremy Pena at this point, Rob. I, I, I have him in one league. I dropped Ansby Swanson because I said, I got Jeremy Payne. I don't need to play around with Dansby Swanson anymore. Yeah, I mean, I can't really blame you. I'm a big, I'm a big Swanson fan, but I mean, Pena's been incredible so far. Um, you know, yeah, 21 runs, 22 RBIs, seven homers, three steals, 293 average. You know, he's he's giving you across the board production, so he's in a great lineup as well. And uh, even though his his spot in the lineup isn't isn't great, but um, you know, even if you're batting sixth or seventh most most nights in, in the Houston lineup that's going to you know generate fantasy production sure 130 at bats at this point he's still batting close to 300 293 so i'll take mm-hmm. that every day of the week gene Scarra, he's only 84 percent rostered he's batting 293 that's kind of come down recently but i'm telling you philadelphia had a tough tough road trip out west and they're back home now well headed headed home they had to stop in atlanta first but they're headed home so i think that things are going to be uh, uh looking upwards for all these philadelphia Philly fans coming up here very, very shortly. Rob, another guy, Rowdy Telez, our guy, 75%. I think it's at 246 batting average. He he sat a couple of times recently. I don't know if they're sitting him against left-handers now. I, I don't know what they're doing. I got to take a little bit closer look at that, but he still has 32 RBIs. So if you're desperate for RBIs, I say desperate. You don't even have to be desperate. If you're in need of RBIs, Rowdy Telez seems to always come through with those. Yeah, he's sitting in the heart of a of a good order. So, yeah, he definitely uh, gets a lot of RBI opportunities. He's already got, like you said, 32. He had 36 of all of last season. So, yeah, um, you know, you, you can't really bank on him for much more. I mean, in the in the average department, he could tick up a little bit um, if you get a good good stretch. Uh, but yeah, two two fifty is probably what around what he's going to be by the end of the year. But yeah, the power numbers are are what you're wanting him for, and he can deliver. Uh, Harrison Bader, I've called him hot potato in our league because everybody has seemed to take a turn with Harrison Bader on their mm-hmm. team because of those 11 stolen bases. You would love to see him get up to two over 246. He's only 56% rostered. He, he plays every single day in that St. Louis outfield. And 
he jumps around in the order a little bit. I wish these coaches and managers would quit jumping people around. Just let them let them know what they're going to do when they get to the ballpark, you know, beforehand. And I think that that would help out players like Harrison Bader or even Patrick Wisdom, who I've seen bounce around in that lineup, who's only 62% rostered, who's very similar to a Roddy Telez as far as the power number goes. Uh, who would you rather have out of those three, Rob? I know it depends on what your team needs, but Roddy Telez, Harrison Bader, or Patrick Wisdom? Yeah, definitely. Like you said, it depends on what you need, but um, I think I prefer Telez the most. Um, I just think his his uh, his his exit velocities, his his all his Statcast numbers kind of back up what he's doing more so than the others. Um, Bader, obviously, if you need the steals, that's the guy you want to go for there. Um, but it looks like you know with Bader, he's he's batting eighth and ninth in that order and and sitting you know a fair amount of the time. So and then. With wisdom, he uh, he's also a power, kind of a power only guy. But I feel like you're gonna get less counting numbers with wisdom um, than Telez, just because he's hitting, you know, fifth, sixth, uh, generally seventh and eighth sometimes in in the Cubs lineup versus Telez consistently, you know, batting fifth, fourth, sixth, yeah. part of the order of a of a Brewers lineup that is a much much higher run scoring team. Most definitely. Jeff McNeil sitting there, man. He's having a good little quiet season, batting 323 and 23 RBIs, 23 runs scored. Uh, Byron Buxton is a guy who jumps out to me. 98% rostered, should be, right? But man, his, his he, 211? I didn't realize he was only batting 211. Is Byron Buxton somebody we should be trading for at this point or trying to trade for, Rob? He's an interesting one. A guy asked me about this earlier today. Um, he was the guy. The guy wanted to trade him away because he was worried about, you know, no, Buxton no, no, always, no. Buxton, yeah, Buxton always gets hurt. This, this, and that. And I said, no, I'm, I'm holding or buying. Um, I don't want to get in the game of prediction, predicting injuries. So yeah, he could get hurt, but so could any other player. So, um, yeah, I'd be buying if you could. Uh, a lot of people probably don't realize that Buxton's struggling so much. Um, I mean, he's over the last two weeks, he's three of thirty-seven. So he's hitting 081, and he, two of those have been homers, which has been nice. But over the last month, he's hitting 139. So it's brought down that there were, he had, he started off really really hot mm-hmm. to the year. So you know that's probably still fresh in people's minds, and he's still 78 78th overall. So you can't can't be too upset. He's running less than than expected, but maybe that is a good thing to help keep him healthy. Um, but I think this guy he's 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 a superstar player. I mean when he's right. He's a superstar. He leads off for a good lineup. He's he's got great power. He's he's a he's a great hitter all around. So um, yeah, if I could get him, I would be. Yeah, maybe one of those things they need to do with him, and I know I just said shouldn't do, but maybe bat him a little bit lower in the order at this point, just to take some of those at bats away from him. Seems to me like he's really trying to play through something. Uh, which is going to be different for him because he's usually not playing through something. He's usually just injured. It reminds me a lot of a, a Margot with Tampa Bay. You know, just one of those guys, mm-hmm. though, whenever he's playing, you feel forced to put him in there, but you don't have that long to play him, is what it seems like to me. Uh, let's see here. Theo Estrada, not worth rostering, not worth rostering. 70% rostered, Rob. Should we, is that, should we, do we got to? He's, I don't know how I feel about, Estrada, um, I have him in a couple like deep, uh, fifty round draft and holds, and so I've been loving it there. You know, just plugging him in here and there. Yeah. But yeah, he's oh, he's not a guy that you feel like you can 
count on, especially if you, you know, for playing time, but he keeps getting it done and, you know, he plays for a San Francisco team that mm-hmm. they just seem to get the most out of their, their players more often than not. So That's I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with a pretty nice little line at the end of the year. Yeah, it looks it looks like and and some stolen bases there. I do think he's worth rostering. I just wanted to play devil's advocate. I think that's <laughs> the devil. Uh, I hope Kyle Schwarber comes around. I think I've been saying that now for three weeks. His batting average is up to two hundred three, so it's looking promising at this point. Uh, Jared, Jared oh, not Jared Walsh. He is one of those guys though. He's ninety four percent, but I'm gonna tell you in this little league of mine, he's been dropped a couple of different times. I don't know why. And I haven't picked him up whenever he's been dropped, probably because there's so many first basemen and outfielders out there. And I think that that's probably the reason why. But he's got a nice line going so far this year. And I'm going to tell you what, every time I make some fantasy lineups and I look at the BVPs, Jared Walsh's name is always floating around in there for some reason. Might be because he's played in the same you know the same little area for so long. But man, Jared Walsh, it just seems like he knows how to hit those pitchers in his division. Yeah, he's a solid player. Um, he's never been a guy that's like really, really been huge for me. I don't think I've uh, rostered him pretty much anywhere over the past year or two. Um, but you know, you look at his line from last year. He's two seventy seven with twenty nine homers, ninety eight RBI, seventy runs, and two steals. And then this year, he's two forty three with nine homers, twenty seven RBIs, and twenty runs. That li- Angels lineup, when it's fully healthy has been incredible. So when you when you're hitting in the middle of that lineup, you're gonna rack up some uh counting stats and he'll probably get back to batting above two fifty more likely than not and give you decent home runs. So he'll probably end up with a with a really really solid line across four categories. All right, turn the page. We're going to turn the page here, and we're going to look at this last little page of people who I believe are under-rostered. Now it's where it gets really, really juicy to me, Rob. Okay, really, really juicy because I see some names on here that I'm going, I'd rather have him than that guy, but they're only like uh, very little, 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 it gets so late whenever we do the Baby Bowl podcast. (laughs) I I start making up words. I start doing things. (laughs) Jacques Peterson is one of those guys. 41% rostered on Yahoo. Just hit three home runs last night. 41% rostered. I know he's an outfielder. Would you rather have Jacques Peterson or Randy or Rosarina? Hmm, that's it's tough. I got to go with the Rosarina, especially for the steals. He's starting to he's starting to tick up a little bit. The funny part is the Rosarina was a guy I was completely out on last year. Um, I just didn't think he was going to keep it going, and he he had a, he had a really good season last year. And then this year he started, and then this year, you know, I was ba- I was in on him. Um, it was kind of like the Tim Anderson thing where mm-hmm. look at those, uh, look at that play discipline and I couldn't, couldn't stomach it. And then, uh, he makes me look foolish again last year and then this year. So I, I went in on him and, uh, he started off the year really oh, slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I was like, boy, this is what I expected last year. And, uh, he's, he's, he's come around though. In the last month he's hit, uh, 289. So he's been close to 300 and he's, uh, over 97 at bats, 12 runs, 12 RBIs, four homers, six steals. So, you know, he's given you seven steals on the year too, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if he he gives another uh, 2020 year. And you know, when he's hitting in the heart of a good order too, he's going to give you the good counting stats. Will probably be close to 80 plus in both runs, RBIs, as, as long as he stays healthy. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather do that. Peterson, um, he's long been a guy that's like a good power hitter. Uh, average is questionable and he seems like not, I don't know if it's that he can't hit lefties. Um, but 
that's been kind of his MO is that they, he gets sat for lefties. So he's always been a guy that's kind of been better in a, uh, daily lineups league where you can have him on your, on your roster, throw him, throw him in against righties, take him out against lefties. Um, but he's a guy that's could be tough to navigate sometimes in weekly leagues. Yeah. Well, and did you hear about Jacques Peterson's off the field issues last night? He got arrested after the game. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, Cause he was firing missiles during the game off that bat. (laughs) (laughs) You got (laughs) that. Jacques Peterson or Tyler Nyquin. Don't, don't, don't start doing soliloquies Uh, to Peterson or Nyquin. Naquin. Tyler Naquin. I'm thinking Peterson in that one. Peterson. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, say they have okay, yeah. Nick Naquin plays for Cincinnati? Yeah, he does. I get him and I get uh oh Winker. Winker. I, I keep thinking Winker yep. and Winker's in Seattle. Uh Jacques who'd you say? You took Jacques? I would take Jacques over Naquin. Naquin's it was funny too because he used to play for Cleveland and some one of my buddies and I have a have a or a few of my buddies and I have a have a joke about him was that he was he was never I we always felt like he was never very good like he just never mm-hmm. really played that well he was always just like that solid guy that always got overrated and he had that one huge play in the in a in a game for Cleveland when he scored the game winning run and like popped up and celebrated and it's like a turned into like a a, a gif and. Um, so we always joke about that all the time, but he's been actually a really good player for a Cincy since he's gone over there. And, um, he's, but he's kind of more of a, a streamer kind of guy too. Cause he, he does bat all over the lineup. I mean, just looking at it, he's batting, he's batted lead off past two days. Then he sat out, um, the day before he was seventh, second, eighth, sixth, seventh, sixth, seventh, seventh. So it's, he doesn't have like that consistent role. Um, he is. That that lineup has been lesser, but I love I love the the park because um, I the guy that I really love there is Tommy Pham to be honest with you. But uh, but yeah, Naquin he's he's solid, but I would still take Jock over Naquin. Okay, well I was going to ask you about Brandon Marsh, Max Kepler. I was going <laughs> to ask you about the you know Jerickson Profar down here, the little Connor Joe, Owen Miller, but I can't, Rob, because you're in way too many leagues. You have way too much history with all these players, and you got a story for everybody about these leagues. All right, so yeah, I can't, I can't ask you about. We'll that's, pick up that's there. Fair. <laughs> Kep, Kep, Kepler's the guy. Kepler's the guy. Oh, man, his stat cast numbers are great. I dropped, mm-hmm. I picked him up in one of those leagues. And by the way, one of the things I was going to try to work in here, in case people do not know, rush out, rush out to go get uh, Wilson Contreras's. I was his, his little, is it his little brother? Who? What's his I name? William it, Contreras. William, yeah, William Contreras for the Braves. Yeah, get him for the Braves. Yes. Go out there and pick him up now if you need a catcher. Uh, he's mashing the ball. Everything looks great on his stat cast page and all that. But also, the biggest thing, he batted second in the order last night for the Braves, and they played him in the outfield, which I think that means he's going to be getting outfield eligibility sometime soon. Anytime you can get that, along with a catcher eligibility, that is aces. Aces right there, my friends. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. A couple. Uh, I was going to name a couple guys that... Um, you know, Tampa, Tampa, if you're looking for, if you're hunting for saves, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, um, you know, put Andrew Kittredge on the IL IR. recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, so JP Fireisen has been awesome this year as is. And he, I think he's like 36th overall player in, in five by five roto leagues. He hasn't let up a run yet this year. He's got a 0.45 year. Uh, whip zero ERA, 20 Ks and in 20 innings, three wins. He has no saves, and in but Tampa uses those pitchers 
in multiple different ways all the time. So he could sneak a few saves, um, or you could even try out Brooks Raley on that same team or Jason Adam. Um, any of those guys could get saves, and they're all putting up awesome ratios and good strikeouts. So they'll pro- at, at worst, at worst, they'll probably give you good ratios and a few strikeouts. And then when Kittredge comes back, you could always dump them, move on to the next guy. So those are just some guys to 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 try to maybe speculate on for some save opportunities over the next week or two. Yeah, another guy, Mark Melanson, he's he's been picking up saves left and right uh, over the last two weeks. He is tied for the league league with four saves. I know he has some explosiveness in his pitches when it comes off the players' bats. <laughs> his ERA is thirteen fifty <laughs> in that time frame. But you know, I mean, a pitcher's a, a relief pitcher's ERA doesn't hurt you all that much if you got if you got him in the right lineup. So he's got four saves there, and and in saves and hold league, you know what I did, Rob? I picked him and Ian Kennedy up because I figure Melanson may lose that job at some point. He may get traded at some point, and Ian Kennedy will be able to step right in there and pick up either one of those, but I get the holds from one and I get the saves from the other, and I think I got a nice little one-two punch there towards the end of the season. Uh, another guy there, Danny Jimenez with the Oakland uh, relief pitcher. He's, he's Oakland right now, and he's got four saves over the last couple of weeks i think he's taken over that job in oakland yeah i think so too uh trevino hasn't been very good so far so um i wouldn't be surprised if danny jimenez uh you know keeps it for the foreseeable futures um aj puck is another guy there that could Mm -hmm. sneak his way into some you know he's a former high-end prospect but they've been kind of using him as a bullpen guy so i I wouldn't be surprised. Oakland's the type of team that really likes to make moves and, and uh, deal players away. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to move uh, Danny Jimenez at any point. Uh, I'm not sure on his age or contract situation, but if he is anywhere near, you know, any if he's getting older at all or and anywhere near the end of that contract, I could see Oakland moving, moving him and Puck, maybe Puck could uh, sneak his way into some save opportunities. What I've heard from our buddies over there at CBS Sports is that Matt Barnes, all his velocity is up. I haven't spent a lot of time looking at Matt Barnes' velocity. I'll be the first to admit it. But I've heard that Matt Barnes' velocity is up over there in Boston. And nobody has run away with that job from a reliever standpoint. And you and I pointed out a couple of weeks ago that – Boston was really an anomaly with their record and how many games they were losing and that it really felt like they were going to come on just simply because we were looking at all the stats and they had so many doubles, which meant to me that they were hitting the ball really hard, hitting it really far. And and that line drive rate was really looking good for them, or even that fly ball rate was looking really good for them and that there was going to be some wins right around the corner for them. And it started picking up for them quite a bit. Matt Barnes might be one of those guys. If you have a name that you could stash just to see if he comes out from that closer, from that closer role uh, being number one, they pick up a bunch of saves there for Boston towards the second half of this season. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, we even mentioned that Trevor Story was the kind of the guy that would need to get going, and, and he sure has. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, they he, he's really, really taken off now. So, um, yeah, Barnes, Hansel Robles was the guy that kind of the – was um, getting seeing most of the opportunities for a little while with Barnes kind of hurt a little bit and uh, down a little bit. But like you said, if his if his velocity is back, Robles has not looked good in nope. the in the roles at all. So um, I could see Barnes taking that job and running, especially if he's right. Because I mean, like you said, the manager even said he wants that he wants him to have that role, and that's when they mm-hmm. feel like their their uh, bullpen is the best when he's pitching well in the ninth. So yeah, I could see him. Uh, him making a a good second half push. 
I can too. And also one of the other names I think I got to mention here is Clay Holmes. I looked at this and he's only 77% mm-hmm. rostered, but our Chapman, Chapman, he's, he's on the injured list right now, 10 days minimum, I believe it is. And I, I don't think that's retroactive very far anyway. And so if, if Clay Holmes, let me, Clay with a C, okay, Clay Holmes, all right, not Holmes, Holmes, make sure you go out there and get him. And, and one of the main reasons why is because he's a fireball pitcher. He's done really, really, really well. He has a zero ERA, a .38 whip. But also, the thing is, is I don't know if Chapman was even healthy to start with a lot of times. He snuck those saves out of there. He, he's been slipping in my ranks as far as closer ranks go, Rob, over the last couple of years. He still gets the job done, but I look at it at the end of the game or at the end of the season, I went, man, he did that with a lot of smoke and mirrors, didn't he? Yep. I completely agree. And uh, Holmes is another guy. I don't, I'm not sure why he's not more roster at this point. Like you said, I think he's let up one run, maybe two the whole year. It's a 0.4 ERA, 0.66 whip, 23 Ks to only two walks. And he also Ooh. has four four wins and four saves. So even when he's not been used as the closer, um, he's been used in high leverage situations. So anytime you see a guy with that kind of strikeout to walk ratio and pitching for a good team, and in high leverage situations, he's gonna he's gonna rack up wins or or saves one way or another, and he's gonna give you great ratio. So those are a lot of guys. I, I love looking at the K to walk ratio and seeing what guys are doing because you know that's the biggest thing is you know, if you see a closer start walking walking a ton of people, that's 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 when you know that they're gonna start getting moved out of high leverage situations. So if you got a guy like that, you're gonna you're gonna move yourself into those situations. Oh, definitely are, uh, Rob. I agree with you completely, and I will say this about Clay Holmes and Orlandis Chapman. Or Orlandis? Orlandis. There's not an end there. Orlandis Chapman. Aroldis, Aroldis, yeah. Aroldis, 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 you know, tomato, tomato. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, this is a World Series kind of year for the Yankees. And, and it's not going to take very many save opportunities blown by Chapman that we've seen in the past for him to find another injury along the way okay you're not picking up clay holmes i don't think as a stash and even if you could i would stash him and stash him because chapman if he blows a couple of saves they're gonna they're gonna find a way to get rid of they're gonna find a way to put somebody in there to make sure they do not lose those games because the yankees i mean that was the red sox and the tampa bay rays will be breathing down the yankees neck and they're not going to want to lose that stuff in the playoffs i think clay holmes is, is around for good yep i agree i agree all right, Rob, that's all we got. We, we can't get to this cheat sheet. We're going to save the cheat sheet. We're going to do the quarterback stuff. We're going to do the rankings a little bit later. I know. I know mm-hmm. that you have got to go and say hello to your wife. I've got to go tuck the kids in, and I thought I heard your dog needing to go outside. That's just what I thought I heard. I, I don't know if it's true. Probably. She's always, she's always looking to go outside, even if uh, she doesn't need to. Oh, I wish I could be there and just eat one of her dog biscuits. That's not yep. code for anything. I would honestly <laughs> confuse the dog by eating half of her dog biscuit. Rob, great job. Uh, I love talking baseball with you. We got to talk a little bit of football as well. Hey, don't forget about the Baby Bowl, everybody. It's going to be ramping up here, ramping up here really, really soon. Rob's going to be able to send out all those uh, different type of invites and everything here. Just after a little while, we're going to let Scott Fishbowl kind of dust settle down a little bit before he does so. But be looking on, the, uh, but looking for the news for all the Baby Bowl 
Bowl signups and everything coming up really soon. And don't forget to follow Rob Norton at Norton0723 over there on Twitter. You can follow the show as well at FI Today with a little underscore. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Fantasy Impact Today. And don't forget to follow me over on Twitter at Lofanet on Twitter. And more importantly than all those other actions, we want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 